the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. He's back. Yeah, Rachel Levine uh, burst onto the scene in the early days of COVID hysteria, remember? And he became a potential winner of a very, very prestigious award every week. And now it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Of course, he was promoted from Pennsylvania Secretary of Health to Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services in the federal government after he put thousands of older people in danger by sending them back to nursing homes uh, when they had been diagnosed with COVID. And despite never being on a ship, he was somehow promoted to admiral. And he's been pushing transgender insanity for a long time. He was on ABC Nightline just a couple of nights ago. What would you say to folks who think that they're being reasonable by saying, why can't children just wait till they're 18? Adolescence is hard and puberty is hard. What if you're going through the wrong puberty? What if you inside feel that you are female, but now you're going through a male puberty? The argument is, well, they're too young to know. I want to make it clear that for prepubertal children, there are no medical procedures done. The standard of care allows them to explore that um, with therapy. Yeah, puberty has been uh, tough on Homo sapiens for about 300,000 years. Of course, about 99.95% of us have managed to, you know, get through it. Um, It's only been in the last 20 minutes or so that lunatics like Rachel have been suggesting that feeding life-altering hormones to kids and mutilating their bodies is a good idea. Rachel's obviously not going away, and as long as he's around, he is going to be a strong candidate to become the AM1250 The Answer Jerk of the Week. Yeah, when we come back, uh, we're going to hear from one of the smartest people on the planet. That would be Heather MacDonald. She has a new book. And the woman who broke the Hunter Biden laptop story gave five good minutes to the creeps in Congress and the media who tried to censor her. you got to hear this. Stick around. When you have errands to run, do you like to run all over town or do you try to make as few stops as possible? It's nice when you can get everything in one place, isn't it? This is Beth Andrews from Networth Advisors. I believe the same is true for retirement planning. You shouldn't have to go to one place for tax planning, another for estate planning, and another for retirement income planning. That's why Networth Advisors was started. I wanted to build a company that could help families with all aspects of their retirement planning. We're more than just convenient. We're knowledgeable and experienced. To set up a meeting with the Networth Advisors team to talk about your retirement, call 800-426-1428. That's 800-426-1428. One stop for a wealth of retirement solutions. Networth Advisors, 800-426-1428. Firm offers insurance services but does not provide legal advice. Networth Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisor. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. This is John Steigerwald. You will receive a queen-size MyPillow for $19.98. Regular price is $69.98 and just $10 more for a king size. In addition to this special anniversary offer on the MyPillows, you will also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the queen size MyPillow for $19.98 or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAT. 
bag. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty, so you know it's going to last, and a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want, but need. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call 800-716-8087. Are you considering a unique way to enhance your investment knowledge this year? Then sign up today for the all-inclusive Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Along with our trusted partner, The Money Show, we're setting sail this December to explore some of the most beautiful and unspoiled destinations in the Caribbean. But this is no ordinary vacation. It's a chance to learn from top Eagle financial experts like best-selling authors George Gilder, Mark Skousen, and others who will be hosting a series of workshops and seminars throughout the trip. Imagine lounging on the sun deck while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals or enjoying a gourmet dinner at the same table with one of our leading financial authorities. This once-in-a-lifetime cruise is a perfect way to combine education and relaxation to achieve your investment goals. This cruise will sell out quickly, so visit EagleFinancialCruise.com today to learn more and to secure your cabin. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. The recent bank failures are serving as a warning about how fragile our banking system really is. As millions of Americans panic, do you know what central banks are doing? Well, they're actually buying up gold at record levels. They're relying on it as a safe haven during these difficult times. That's how confident they are in the dollar. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now, Christian author and evangelical leader to millions of people just like you. We're all Americans who want to protect our family's savings no matter what. I tell people the best option is to diversify their 401k or IRA into physical gold or silver with the help of Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, just text the word FAITH to the number 989898 to get a free information kit on gold IRAs. Look. There's no strings attached. It's not going to hurt you to take action now. So take the first step today and educate yourself. Get your free info kit when you text FAITH to 989898 right now. And I pray you and your family are greatly blessed. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Maybe you saw the news a couple of days ago that Derek Chauvin, the uh, Minneapolis cop who was convicted of murdering George Floyd, is appealing his conviction and you know whether or not George Floyd's death was a murder it changed the world and not necessarily for the good Heather MacDonald's new book uh, might not have been written if it hadn't happened though it's called When Race Trumps Merit How the Pursuit of Equity Sacrifice Sacrifices Excellence Destroys Beauty and Threatens Lives and uh, Heather joins us now Heather thanks again for coming on always good to have you Thank you so much for having me on, John. I appreciate it. So could anybody uh, have seen The Pursuit of Equity uh, as as, part of your book, the title of your book? Could anybody have seen The Pursuit of Equity going into overdrive the way it has since Floyd's death? Well, yes, because we had the Ferguson riots, the Ferguson effect after the Michael Brown shooting, where you had, again, the weaponization of this phony narrative that policing is systemically biased, that police were engaged in this epidemic of racially biased police shootings of black men. Uh, so so the, all the, the elements of the post-Floyd mass psychosis were there. Uh, what differentiated the post-Floyd moment was the degree to which the leaders of our most important institutions, whether universities or law firms or corporations or science labs, scientific journals, uh, embraced the idea that the very definition of America was racist and, worse than just that idea, that any standard of excellence, of achievement, of accomplishment, or any behavioral standard with regards to following the law if any of those standards have a disparate impact on blacks, that is, blacks do more poorly on colorblind objective tests or, or commit more crimes and therefore come under the attention of the law more frequently, that by definition, those standards are racist and must be thrown out. And that's what we've been seeing throughout our criminal justice system since George Floyd. That's why... Progressive prosecutors are not prosecuting the law. Anybody, these conservatives just say, oh, we just got to go back to enforcing the law. We got to go back to enforcing the law. They're missing the point. The reason we're not enforcing the law is because 
doing so has a disparate impact on blacks. And unless we take on the argument that disparate impact is per se racist, we are not going to get our civilization back. Yeah, and that and that's uh, the disparate impact is uh, are, are two big words in your book. So, so what is disparate impact thinking, and how widespread is it? Is it just among the liberal, or is it everywhere now? It's everywhere. It's every leader of every institution who looks around and sees any racial disparity in any institution is going to conclude and announce to the world that that is the result of racism. Disparate impact was originally a legal concept that was used in the 1970s by the Supreme Court to greatly, greatly expand the reach of our civil rights statutes. The civil rights statutes that were, that were written in the 1960s banned intentional discrimination. They said that an employer cannot intentionally say, I'm not going to hire any blacks. That is against the civil rights of blacks. Well, by the 1970s, there wasn't a whole lot of that type of discrimination going on, but there was, of course, push to keep the, the, the race idea alive and to keep all these activists in, in business. And so the Supreme Court greatly expanded the idea of racism and discrimination to say, if an employer had a completely colorblind test that he put in there simply in order to screen applicants to find the best possible applicants, and he had no intention of discriminating against any racial group. But if that test, like a police hiring exam or a teacher's licensing exam or a firefighter's exam, if blacks fail that test at a higher rate, again, not because the test is racist or the employer is racist, but because blacks have such low levels of academic skills, the test is racist, we have to throw it out. And that idea now has gone outside of the legal context where it's, it's ubiquitous. It's written into federal regulations, into federal statutes. And now it is simply a cultural reflex uh, that you have now the leaders of our science institutions and scientific journals saying, well, if, if, if blacks do poorly on the medical college admissions test, so that they, if under a colorblind meritocratic standard, they would not be admitted to medical schools in anywhere near their ratio in the population. Therefore, it must be a racist test. And you don't have to show anything that's racist. And I can guarantee you that none of these objective standardized tests are at all racist. They've been scoured for any type of question that presumes any type of of cultural knowledge, if, if such questions ever existed, and I'm suspicious that they ever did, but that was the claim. These are, these are tests that are simply looking for the bare essentials of what people should know in various professions. But now you have uh, the federal government's science agencies, scientific uh, academic departments, medical schools, all proclaiming that science and medicine are per se racist, because they don't have proportional numbers of blacks in them. Well, there are people out there saying math is racist. That's been that's been out there for a while. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there a better example of the insanity of, uh, of, than, than uh, that you talk about in your book than what New York City is doing for black people who failed the teachers' exams over the last whatever it is twenty five years? Yeah, the city does not exactly have a whole lot of money to throw around. Uh, it's taxing people like crazy, but then it's throwing it down the toilet in various feckless welfare programs. But it is now uh, giving out a billion dollars to black applicants who tried repeatedly to pass the teacher certification exam in New York State and failed. Again, not because it was a racist exam, but because here's the facts, John. Uh, 66% of all black 12th graders nationally do not possess even partial mastery of basic math, 12th grade math, defined as being able to do arithmetic or read a graph. Uh, about 6% of 12th graders, black 12th graders, are proficient in 12th grade math, and the number of black 12th graders nationally who are advanced in 12th grade math is too small to show up uh, statistically in a national sample. So it's no surprise that 
that blacks fail teacher certification exams at higher rates because their their academic skills are so low. Reading, 50% of black 12th graders do not possess even partial mastery of the most basic 12th grade math, uh, 12th grade reading skills. These are the people that now we're supposed to think should be teaching our students. Yeah. That's the that's the that's the message of this settlement that the New York City reached with the people who failed the teachers' exam. <laughs> you fail the exam, and not only are you now going to be allowed to teach, but you're going to get uh, you know legal settlements of like several million dollars. Yeah, this is insane. And and you're going to get a one guy I saw is going to get two point one million dollars and a pension. That will reflect his 25 years or whatever it was that he didn't teach. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> it's a hustle. John, it's a race hustle. Now, we were a racist society. We were a white supremacist society. There's no question about that. We betrayed our, our ideals on a daily basis until recently in our history. But we're not that country today. And we have to, we have to be able to speak the truth. I refuse to be cowed by the claim of racism. Today, the reality is black privilege is not white privilege. Again, I'm not going to deny that we were a white supremacist country, but our history is not our present. And right now, uh, we are all going along with this race hustle that is trying to tear down our standards when they are the essence of a civilization. We should strive for excellence. Here's the pr- if, you, if you're not meeting the standards... Here's a suggestion. Work harder to meet the standards. Don't demand that the standards be lowered on your behalf. And we're talking to Heather McDonald, and the book is When Race Trumps Merit, How the Pursuit of Equity Sacrifices Excellence, Destroys Beauty, and uh, Threatens Lives. Here's the thing, the kind of stuff that, that drives me crazy, uh, Heather. I, I, I saw this story about the stupidity in New York with the teacher. A teacher's exam, uh, entrance level, entrance exam, or require, uh, I guess, qualifying test, or whatever it is. Um, and I, I, I didn't spend a lot of time doing it, but I would have thought that it wouldn't take me a long time to find the portions of the test that were racist, racist enough that somebody who didn't teach for five minutes is going to get paid as though he or she taught for twenty-five years. I wouldn't. I don't see the. I mean, where where is the evidence on the test that there was anything racist about it? I haven't seen it yet. No, John, that's the genius of disparate impact. That's what I'm saying. That's what people have to understand. We have to be prepared to rebut the logic of disparate impact. Disparate impact says you don't even need to show racism, but if if a standard has a negative disparate impact on blacks, meaning that blacks do more poorly on a test, that's a racist test. That's all you need to show. You don't you have don't to show actually, any proof. No, no, you don't. Actually, you show that it has a disparate impact, and then there's a, a little sort of clause for, for business litigation that, well, uh, it, it can't be absolutely essential for business necessity. So there would be something comparable in the education uh, field. But I can guarantee you, uh, that, that that evidence simply does not exist. The whole point of this is all you look at is results. If blacks aren't doing as well on something, that has a disparate, that something, that standard, and again, it's the same thing in the criminal law, there you have not under-representation but over-representation. A shoplifting statute is not racist, but if if the police make more arrests under a shoplifting statute of blacks because that's who is disproportionately committing shoplifting and we've all seen the videos of these mass lootings going on in drug stores and convenience stores we've seen the videos but if enforcing that law has a disparate impact on blacks because they're committing more crime therefore it's a racist law and it's a racist law enforcement system this is stupid on its face as every i think anybody with a brain knows so um and, and i don't care what color you are, you have to know that it's just really stupid. Um, so that to me, is, is it is the only thing that it's allowing it to exist is the fear of being called a racist, that people yes. will, will say they think it's a good idea, even though no one with a brain would think it makes sense. And, and they say it with a straight face that, oh, yeah, this is a good idea. Yes, it's the fear of being called a racist and the desire to be given 
uh, racial virtue by tearing down your own institution in the name of fighting phony racism. Uh, the f- people need to arm themselves with the facts, John. This, this book gives you the facts about why it is the case that racial disparities in an institution, whether under-representation of, or over-representation of blacks, is not per se evidence of racism. Given the, the vast skills gaps and behavioral gaps, those are the explanations. It's not racism. And it's also, obviously, one needs to say, demeaning to blacks to say that, well, we, we don't ever expect you to be able to, to live up to standards, so the only solution as a society is for us to lower standards on your behalf. There's, there's plenty of people who are meeting those standards. The, the solution to meeting them is for families to get more involved in their children's education, to destroy the acting white stigma that says that at putting out academic effort, if you're black, is a sign of... of Uncle Tom, you know, efforts to, to mimic rate white people, and, and you, get, you get disparaged by your peers. That is the nemesis of achievement and ex, of the possibility of, of achieving excellence. Uh, so there's, there's changes that must come predominantly from within the culture, uh, but the rest of the culture has to stop caving into the race hustle and start saying, no, we believe that everybody can achieve at a high standard if they put in the effort to do so. The book is called When Race Trumps Merit, How the Pursuit of Equity Sacrifices Excellence, Destroys Beauty, and Threatens Lives. Go out and get it. Uh, And as as usual, Heather, great stuff, and uh, good luck with the book. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate it. Okay, that's Heather McDonald. And am I going to be right back? I'm going to stick around here for a minute. I want to. I got a little extra time here. Um, I want to play something for you here. Uh, there's a movie coming out today. It came out today. Um, it's called Barbie, and uh, <laughs> it's about as nauseating as it gets. I, I, I saw the previews. I, you know, I got, I've been going to a lot of movies lately, and so the previews have been running for a while. The trailers, you know, and um, I was actually, I was in the theater. I was embarrassed as a man, to be in the theater while the trailer was playing. That's how nauseating this thing is. And then there's Josh Shapiro, who's the governor of Pennsylvania. Now, for some reason, uh, Whitmer, uh, uh, Whitmer in, um, in Michigan is running around talking about how it's uh, something about she's the Barbie governor. The liberals are jumping all over this thing to... to uh, uh, and talking about how wonderful they think it is. Here's Josh Shapiro. Barbie Oppenheimer. So look, Oppenheimer is um, that's going to be a hell of a film. I'm looking forward to seeing that. You got to go see that in the IMAX. But um, I must say, I'm a Barbie guy. <laughs> He's a Barbie guy. Now Oppenheimer is opening tomorrow. I'm going to go see that actually tomorrow. That's the story about the uh, the atomic bomb. But there's actually a movement called, is it, uh, it's um, Barbieheimer, I think it is. Um, and uh, people are going to see both movies. So, and I just talked to my wife a few minutes ago, before, before I went on the air, and she told me she, had, she drove by a theater near us, and it was packed with cars, and I'm a little bit afraid it isn't for the movie about the atomic bomb. It's about um, Barbie. And I'm, what I'm really afraid about is that there are actual men who are going to show up to see this. They're going to go sit in the theater for two hours or whatever it is and watch a movie about Barbie. I'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The U.S. is sending additional warships and thousands of Marines to the Middle East to increase security in the wake of Iranian attempts to seize commercial ships. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin approving the deployment of the USS Bataan Amphibious Readiness Group and the 26th Marine Expeditionary Unit to the Gulf region. Now, that includes three ships and some 2,500 Marines. U.S. Central Command says the deployment will provide, quote, even greater flexibility in the region. That deployment comes on the heels of decisions in recent weeks to send a destroyer and a number of F-35 and F-16s to the region. 
Jason Walker reporting. The combined strike by Hollywood actors and screenwriters now entering its second week with no sign of a swift ending. This is SRN News. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. AM 1250, The Answer, The Mike Gallagher Show. He's your happy conservative warrior. I think this is a serious effort by CNBC to tell us the 10 worst states to live and work in. I have a message to any progressive, please stay out of Florida, stay away from South Carolina, please stay out of Texas. Breaking news and what to make of it. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekday mornings at 9, right before Del Wamsley at noon on AM 1250, The Answer. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. In the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The Answer. Weather. Expect partly cloudy skies for tonight. It will be good weather for sleeping. Tonight's low 56. Partly sunny and pleasant tomorrow. Tomorrow's high 78. Partly cloudy skies for tomorrow night with a low of 58. A beautiful end of the weekend Sunday with sunny to partly cloudy skies. We'll reach a high Sunday of 81. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, the Congress uh, House has been holding uh, hearings on censorship. And just the other day, um, a woman, I think it was yesterday, Emma Jo Morris is her name. She's the woman who was working for the New York Post back before the 2020 election. And she broke the Hunter Biden story. She was testifying yesterday, and, um, well, I I guess you could say she got right up in the face of some of the people in Congress, and she's obviously speaking to the media, too, when she uh, talks about the reaction to her story and how wrong everybody was. So, And this is a great five minutes, a little bit more than five minutes, but it's well worth the listen. This is Emma Jo Morris, who now is uh, on the editorial board for Breitbart, but she was working for the New York Post at the time. Listen. We will now move to our second witness. Uh, Ms. Morris, you are recognized for five minutes. 
Thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me. Um, my name is Emma Jo Morris, uh, politics editor at Breitbart. Um, I'm here today because I published a series of news stories three years ago in October of 2020 about Hunter Biden's now infamous laptop, also known as the laptop from hell, uh, which is seen as some of the most scandalous reporting of the last decade. Um, what was more scandalous than the reporting itself, though, was the fact that it exposed the unholy alliance between the intelligence community, social media platforms, and legacy media outlets. At the time, I was deputy politics editor at the New York Post, and um, my reporting showed that despite then-candidates Joe Biden's repeated and furious denials, he was apparently involved in the foreign business deals of his family. Over several days, just weeks before Americans would vote for their next president, I revealed verified, authentic emails from the Biden Scions hard drive showing Ukrainian business partners receiving leaks from the Obama White House. I documented an off-the-books meeting between then-Vice President Biden and a Ukrainian energy executive and introduced the world to the big guy um, who got action on a deal with CEFC, China Energy Company. The Post published exactly how the material for the reporting was obtained, even identifying our sources, um, as well as a federal subpoena showing the FBI was in possession of the material the story was based on and had been since December of 2019. Um, But when the stories appeared on social media that morning, the venue where millions of Americans go to find their news and editors to get their angles, uh, within hours the reporting was censored on all major platforms on the basis of being called hacked or Russian disinformation. Um, Twitter refused to allow users to share the link to the stories, banned the links from being shared in private messages, a policy, by the way, that's used to clamp down on child porn um, and lock the post out of its verified account. Facebook said it would curb distribution and reach of the links on its platform. However, the stories were not based on hacked materials, nor were they Russian disinformation. And despite those claims appearing to come out of thin air at the time, we would eventually learn that they actually didn't come out of thin air at all. On October 19th, five days after the Post began publishing, Politico ran a story headline, Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo, dozens of former Intel officials say. God, I can't even say that with a straight face, you know? <laughs> Politico printed a letter completely uncritically from veteran members of the U.S. intelligence community falsely claiming that the post-expose has, quote, all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. My God. (laughs) Most notable among the signatories of that letter were Jim Clapper from former DNI, Michael Hayden, former CIA, John Brennan, former CIA, despite having such damaged credibility following their participation in the Russia collusion conspiracy theory. (sighs) A few days later, on October 22nd, when Biden appeared in the second presidential debate and was uh, confronted with the facts of the Post's reporting, he said to Trump, quote, 50 former national intelligence professionals said this, what he's accusing me of is a Russian plot. But it was not. Um, And he knew that. Now, fast forward to this year, three years later. Just last spring, House investigators revealed it was a call by now Secretary of State Antony Blinken to former acting CIA Director Michael Morell that prompted the spy letter published by Politico, which bypassed agency approval processes that would have been normally applied. It is also now known that ahead of my reporting, federal agencies were priming social media companies to execute an operation to discredit it. According to internal documents released by Elon Musk upon his acquisition of Twitter, the FBI and other intelligence community members essentially directed the platform's censorship operation, in part externally by working with top management and in part internally by social media companies hiring eye-popping numbers of agency alumni. Journalist Michael Schallenberger reported, based on documents he obtained from Musk, that during all of 2020, the FBI and other law enforcement agencies repeatedly primed Twitter executives to dismiss reports of Hunter Biden's laptop as a Russian hack and leak operation. Feds arranged for top secret security clearances to be granted to Twitter management and even had encrypted messaging networks set up, which they dubbed a virtual war room. To this day, hundreds of people from the intelligence community work at social media companies. Over the last few years, my reporting has been confirmed by virtually every mainstream news outlet, from the Washington Post to the New York Times to Politico, when the stakes were nothing, by the way, two years later. 
No one denies that the laptop is real, that the origin story is exactly what I told you it was in the first place. This elaborate censorship conspiracy wasn't because the information being reported on was false. It was because it was true, and it was a threat to the power centers in this country. What this relationship between the U.S. government officials and American corporations represent is is an unprecedented push to undermine the First Amendment, the right to think, write, read, say whatever we want. And how we respond will determine whether we see a free press as inalienable or as optional. Was that beautiful or what? And how good must it have felt to her? She broke that story way back before the election. There's a decent chance that, well, I don't think Joe Biden won anyway, but there's a decent chance that uh, they they wouldn't have been able to even cheat enough to get him in if uh, that story had broken or been been allowed to uh, flourish and to spread the way a story of that magnitude should have been allowed to, uh, if that would have happened, that, that, that would have cost him enough votes in enough places that they wouldn't have been able to overcome it. Um, so there she is in there. She actually, she actually broke up laughing at the Politico headline. It's tremendous. Uh, and she's now working for Breitbart. And so here's the thing. Uh, two nights ago, well, two, two days ago, they had the, the whistleblowers, the uh, IRS whistleblowers testified, and they had some big stuff. And I'm sure you, if you watch Fox or you listen to this network, this station, you heard the, what was disclosed by these guys uh, in their testimony, and it was big stuff. And uh, this, is, this is just unbelievable, but – and I don't know if I mentioned this on the air the other day, but – well, I didn't work yesterday, so I must not have had a chance to do it um, – because it happened uh, Wednesday night, I believe. Anyway, ABC World News Tonight did not cover the story. I, t- I recorded the, the newscast. I flew through it, and there was no mention of those whistleblowers by ABC. Um, I didn't check um, NBC, but I read somewhere that they mentioned it for like 20 seconds and to CBS's credit, they have Catherine Eckridge over there now. Herridge, I'm sorry, Herridge is her name. Catherine Herridge, uh, she's um, working for them now, and that was their lead story, which it well should have been. But what this said to me was how important Fox News is. Now, there are a lot of conservatives uh, who, and justifiably, they have big problems with Fox right now because of the firing of Tucker Carlson and some of the other stuff that went on during the uh, 2020 election. But just think for a minute what the country would be like if there were no Fox News. There are people, millions of people, who watch the evening news every night on either ABC, CBS, or NBC. Nothing like it used to be because it's now broken up, but it's nothing like it used to be when there were only – the three networks, and people didn't have 150 channels to choose from. But if if there's no Fox, there are millions of people who on whatever day it was, Wednesday, would not have even been aware that those two guys came in there and testified about the possibility that Joe, and, uh, Joe Biden got a $5 million bribe from the people in Ukraine. That's just think about that. Fox has been around for what, about 25 years now? And where would we be if not for Fox? I know Newsmax is out there now, and the people will find that. And if Fox disappeared tonight, uh, Newsmax would bring in most of their audience. But if it didn't, if you didn't have Fox to begin with, and now Newsmax, and if you didn't have the two of them, what if, if people only got their news from ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, and CNN – uh, what? How would the country exist? I, I don't. I, the, the stuff that would not have been disclosed over the last twenty years. The, the way these people just ignore um, stories like this. So, someone uh, at the Federalist. Uh, her name is Ellie uh, Purnell. She made a list of uh, ten. Well, the headline of the story, the piece here is um, ten media hack factories that poo-pooed the Biden-Burisma scandal as a conspiracy theory. And she goes down the list. I'll give you a couple of them here. Uh, She starts with the New York Times. The headline at the New York Times was, Debunking four viral rumors about the Bidens and Ukraine. 
and uh, Davy Alba in the New York Times called the allegation that, quote, while Mr. Biden was vice president, he pushed to have Ukraine's top prosecutor removed for investigating a company connected to Mr. Biden's son, Hunter, the Ukrainian natural gas firm Burisma, quote, a prominent falsehood. That's the New York Times. That's what they called it. And then there's the Washington Post, and it's the headline is Opinion, the truth behind the Hunter Biden non-scandal. The Washington Post columnist David Ignatius said that Hunter's a shady association with Burisma, quote, isn't a scandal about his father, as the Trump campaign claims, but part of a personal tragedy for the vice president's son, compounded by this week's dissemination of what looks like disinformation about Joe Biden's role. That's uh, from, I guess, before the election. And then, then Ignatius said, quote, the notion that the Burisma affair undermines Joe Biden's case to be president is as, is, as he would say, malarkey, unquote. And then there's the New Yorker. The, in, the headline, the invention of the conspiracy theory on Biden and Ukraine. How a conservative dark money group that targeted Hillary Clinton in 2016 spread the discredited story that may lead to Donald Trump's impeachment. And Jane Mayer of the New York of the New Yorker derided what she called, quote, a repeatedly discredited conspiracy theory involving Joe Biden and his son Hunter's work in Ukraine. That was in a piece that she did in 2019. And then there was The Intercept. Uh, this is the headline. All I need to do is give you the headline on this one. Republican conspiracy theory about a Biden scandal in Ukraine is, quote, absolute nonsense. Now, that's just four of these. Here's CNN. Fact check is the headline. What Trump has been getting wrong on Biden and Ukraine, and CNN fact checked it, but they, you know, you, you can fact check something and check the wrong facts. Um, he said he, they checked Trump for his assertions, quote, that Joe Biden was improperly trying to help Hunter, who served on the board of a Ukrainian natural gas company, when Joe Biden pressured the Ukrainian government to fire the country's prosecu prosecutor general. That's exactly what happened, by the way. Uh, it says there are significant holes in Trump's story. Some of his allegations have been false. Others have been missing important context. NBC News. Um, Senate uh, says Senate Republicans aim to turn Biden-Burisma conspiracy theories into 2020's Benghazi. Of course, they don't think Benghazi was a problem either. Senate Republicans aim to turn uh, Biden-Burisma conspiracy theories into 2020's Benghazi. That was written by Kurt Bardella for NBC News. He called the story, quote, a baseless political scandal that Republicans were, quote, unquote, engineering. Republicans claimed that Joe Biden pushed to remove Ukraine's top pro prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, to protect Hunter Biden from an investigation into allegations of corruption at Burisma, he continued. But there, this is a quote, but there has never been any evidence that the elder Biden acted inappropriately. So that's just a few of the, uh, of the stories that were not out there, actually. These are the, these are the attempts to debunk what has now been determined to be um, true stuff. This is from Slate. It came out on December 21st, 2022. Um, and the headline is, Tis the season to debunk your family's Hunter Biden conspiracy theories. And it's it, and there's a quote from the writer, Molly Olmstead. Quote, it's fair to say to Uncle Bob or whoever else needs to hear it, that claims that Joe Biden protected Burisma to safeguard his son's interest are politically motivated and constitute misinformation. The Daily Beast headline, Trump's big lie about Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and Ukraine falls apart. Didn't fall apart at all, at all of course. Um, and then number 10, USA Today, fact check. I love it when they fact check. You put those two words in front of something, you can write whatever you want, and it, it's true. Nobody's allowed to uh, dispute it. Fact check. Biden leveraged $1 billion in aid to Ukraine to oust corrupt prosecutor not to help his son. And they said uh, that, of course, this is the fact check. It was not true, according to USA Today. So 
That's what we had. We now have this woman you just heard, Emma Jo Morris, uh, and a great testimony of five minutes, just absolutely trashing the media and and the people in uh, government who helped the media uh, stifle that story and possibly affect the election for president of the United States. So, and by the way, this is just starting now. It's just beginning. The stuff that's coming out now is big time stuff. And it's at some point, even ABC is not going to be able to ignore it. I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Olivia and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does Jandy Waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And J&D Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY. J&D Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY. Attention Medicaid patients. If you're on Medicaid, how would you like if your caretaker was your daughter, your son, your grandchild, or your close friend? If you're on Medicaid, Freedom Care allows you to choose who provides your care, and that caregiver will get paid instantly after their shift. Yes, your caregiver will get paid instantly, and it's 100% free to you if you are on Medicaid. Call 412-455-8465 and ask Freedom Care how to get started with care today. No more worrying about getting care from an aide at an agency. Freedom Care helps you choose who you want to take care of you, and that person gets paid. Call Freedom Care at 412-455-8465. That's 412-455-8465 to get started today. You get a caregiver you know and trust, and they get paid instantly after their shift, and it's free to you. Start now by calling 412-455-8465. That's 412-455-8465. Or go to freedomcare.com. Attention, your money is now controlled by the U.S. government. Picture a world where your every purchase is monitored, tracked, and controlled by those in power to suppress the freedoms of those they see fit. Hi, my name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. And right now, I've become very focused on the impending rollout of the central bank digital currency. This is not a work of fiction. It's a terrifying reality looming on the horizon. But there is a bit of good news. I've partnered with Advantage Gold to offer you a solution. They are specialists in converting your traditional assets, like those inside an IRA or 401k, into tangible assets such as physical gold and silver. Don't allow your money to be controlled. Claim your free gold protection kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Call 800-900-8000. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. I used to love baseball. It's my favorite sport. I'll finish here with a little sports here for this weekend. Um, and under normal circumstances, I'd be looking forward to the Pirate game tonight because some guy named Shoei uh, Otani is pitching, and um, he's the best baseball player who ever lived. That's who this guy is, as far as I'm concerned. And I, I haven't seen him throw a pitch. I won't watch it tonight because, uh, I don't know, maybe you've heard me say it here, Major League Baseball is dead to me. They get a salary cap and do it, do it right. Um, I'll be watching again, but as I, I like the game of baseball, but... They're playing the Angels in Anaheim tonight, and Otani is start is the starting pitcher. He is he is leading the major leagues in home runs with thirty five. So he's well on his way to fifty home runs, and he's also let me see he's in he's among the leaders in strikeouts as a pitcher. He is um, fifth. <laughs> he's fifth in strikeouts as a pitcher, and he's leading. The major leagues in home runs with 35. Now, normally, as I not normally anymore because it's been a long time since I paid any attention to baseball. But um, I consider it an insult to my intelligence that the New York Mets, who stink by the way, but so, somehow managed to stink, 
they have a payroll of $353 million. The Pirates' payroll, $70 million. So I have no patience for that. It's an insult to – it should be. It's an insult to my intelligence. It should be an insult to the intelligence of anybody who knows anything about what a league is supposed to be. But I think the fact that Otani is pitching tonight and he's um, just uh, just a spectacular story, a, it's almost like it's uh, – it's like the natural. It's just it's a it's somebody made this up in a movie, for a movie that some guy would come out of anywhere. This guy's from Japan, but a guy would come out of anywhere and lead the major leagues in home runs and may and I guess he's a little bit too far behind. It looks like to catch up in strikeouts, but he's one of the best pitchers in the league. Now Babe Ruth was a great pitcher. He was on his way to becoming a Hall of Fame, uh, a Hall of Famer as a pitcher, and then he became a, a an everyday player. And he stopped pitching. So he was a great home run hitter and a great pitcher, which is extremely rare. I don't know if they're just aren't – I think he's the only guy you could say that about other than Otani now. He's doing it at the same time. He's, he, when he's not pitching, he's in the lineup, and he's hitting home runs more and more of them than anybody in baseball. And the sad thing for me is that I won't spend 15 seconds watching it now because – Major League Baseball is dead to me. Sorry. Talk to you Monday. John Steckerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.